and welcome to another great episode of the Not The 92 podcast, the greatest non-league podcast in the world, if I do say so myself. You may be wondering why you're not hearing a very thick, dull, uh, at times, Glaswegian accent. Uh, well, that's because Greg Clark isn't here this week. He's a very busy man outside of these podcasts. He does his very best to set them up and record them. But we all have working lives and unfortunately he's had an early night tonight so he's given the keys of the kingdom to me for the evening and hopefully he'll i'll do him justice this evening we're also missing oliver smart who's got other commitments as well so they will both be back on next week's show but as always it's me and tom mitchell that are here to carry you through all of the weekend's action and my goodness we've had another great weekend as always the podcast is started by moon party and we give them a great big thank you. Also, a big shout out to Faraday Sports, who also give us a big support on the podcast as well. So, let me introduce to you Tom Mitchell, who covers our National League North. And this week, surprise, surprise, National League South. How are you doing, Tom? And how, what have you been up to this weekend? Yeah, uh, not for much weekend, a bit of a, bit of a quiet one. Um, but yeah, no, I've been keeping up all the, all the games uh, across uh, all the non-league divisions. Um, so yeah, no, it's been it's been a good one this weekend. I mean, it's it, been the National League North. I've got a, a thriller to talk to you about, although one-sided thriller. Uh, when I get onto it, you'll know exactly what game on about. But uh, yeah, it's, it's another real interesting weekend, and um, also looking forward to the FA Cup games this weekend. It should be should be a good week in the non-league. Absolutely, big matches coming up, and we here at the podcast are certainly looking forward to it. So. Let's get on with it. The first part of the podcast is, as always, National League. That falls on my shoulders normally, and Greg tends to throw all the weight on that on to me later at some point on the podcast every week. But this week, I have to do everything so, other than the two bits Tom will do shortly. Well, let's get on to it. Uh, last week, I did say we'd have a few surprises in the National League if teams weren't going to be as particularly potent as they would be normally. Mech Wrexham were probably the biggest surprise of the week last week. Losing to Maidenhead on Monday nights before having an absolute thriller. What is, for me, the game of the weekend? A 4-3 get, 4-3 victory for Wilston against Wrexham. A great game for 25-26 minutes. Both sides had to pretty much fiery shots at each other. With Wakefield opening and scoring after 15. An own goal by Jerome Okimo on 16 before, they, before the Wrexham took the lead. You add to Yusuf on the 18th minute. You'd think that they'd go on to continue the momentum, score another goal. Rep, somehow, Wilston put an absolute shift in and in the next four minutes, scoring an equaliser through Jacob Mandy. And it stayed up until half time, but you'd think surely the action doesn't end there. Well, Wilston flexed their muscles in the second half. Goals from Alex Dyer and Michi, Michi Efete get, grabbing them a uh, two goal lead. Wrexham getting a consolation right at the end for Adi Yusuf, but albeit a shocking victory for Wilston there. And I want to get your thoughts quickly, Tom, because that result there not only shocks me, but I'm sure the National League as a whole. Yeah, that one, uh, that one was a, a, a real, real shocker uh, at the weekend. And I, I think it's, it's going to be interesting this season in, in the National League for... You, you, I think we're going to see a, a lot of results without the fans there. I think maybe some of the, the smaller teams might feel a, a bit less nervous and I, I think we'll want to come out and play. And I, I really do think that this, this division is going to be extremely competitive this season. Obviously, you've got a, a, the standout in, in Stockport up there, which obviously we'll come on to shortly. Um, but... You know, I, I think we're going to see some real su surprises, and that that was a real thriller at Wildstone. I mean, they're they're a side I, I actually think could really cause some surprises this season, um, and it's a solid start for them on on four points. And I, I think for Wrexham, uh, you know, they're still sitting in tenth. I mean, that I'd still say for them six points. That's a solid start. Um, you know, you see the, the the real struggle they had last season. I think Wrexham fans was, although it's been a disappointing weekend for them, would still definitely take the start they've had been in the top half of the league, and I'm sure they can push on from that. But yeah, I, what a game! And I, I think we're going to get a, a lot of games like this. I mean, we actually were speaking just before we came on about the the, the Premier League having lots of goals uh, and lots of shocking results. So I, I think it's going to be very similar in the National League this season. 
Absolutely. It's been quite a strange thing to discover that today we had the first nil-nil in the Premier League after how many goals we've had this season. West Brom and Burnley scored a, a, a dull nil-nil draw. So that's the end of that particular streak. Uh, but sticking with non-league, another big result was made had continuing their really good run of form after winning last week in, in Wales. They've only gone and beaten Notts County, who picked up a huge victory last Tuesday against Sutton United right at the end. And Neil Ardley's men and everyone involved were celebrating all over Gadigree Lane. Sure enough, though, the next, very next game, they crumbled to a robust and determined Maidenhead side who played in the first game of the season, ironically, against Sutton, with no striker, but still... Still, didn't really create many chances or take any goals. Well, this weekend, they found their goal-scoring touch, winning by three goals to two against Notts County. Two goals from Sam Barris, helping them along with a lovely finish from Daniela Ossi as well. Notts County's goals coming from Jimmy Knowles and Ruben Rodriguez, who's off the, score, off the mark finally for his club at home. But again, Tom, Maidenhead United, having a great start to the, having a difficult start to the season, have turned it around really quickly with two massive, massive wins away from home. Yeah, it's it's weird how it works. Because um, you, you look at their start of the season they had at, at Sutton, and Sutton cruised that game, and a uh, mainhead looked so easily beatable. And it, again, it's just the weird way that football works sometimes. And again, actually, look, just looking at Notts County um, quickly, I actually not surprised they slipped up this weekend against Mainhead. Although you look at it on paper, I felt that Mainhead. We're going to be lifted by the result they had before uh, coming to the game that was happened this weekend. Notts County, I thought, were slightly fortuitous to win at Sutton, let's say. I, I thought that didn't really carry much threat. And, you know, that I, I, Sam Barrett's had a, a great start to season for Maynard and a very key player for them. And full credits to them, away from home as, as well. I don't think a lot of people would have backed them for that. But I, had, I did have a sneak suspicion, actually. I just, yeah, I, I didn't. Wasn't too pressing not to count you to watch them against Sutton and and for Maynard to get these two wins away from home as as well that that could be a real catalyst for them to to make to push on to maybe a comfortable bottom half finish maybe even looking up for a top half finish so yeah that that one you look at on paper was a real shocker but actually I I I feel coming into that match I I, I thought Maynard actually could cause some, some damage and obviously it turned out like that in the end. Couldn't agree more to be honest and they proved that in the last week now so huge week coming up for them with the FA Cup around the corner but for Alan Demichy I'm sure that's a big amount of relief for him that his club have been able to turn it around and turn it around quickly. Touching on the other teams, uh, no Hartlepool this weekend because their game against Barnet was postponed due to COVID-19 uh, being played amongst the Barnet squad. Uh, the same also happens for Bromley at Altrincham. So neither of those teams played this weekend, and um, those matches will then add on to the already piling, already piled up fixture list. So I'm sure the clubs like Bromley and Barnet won't appreciate that they've had to reschedule all these games. But we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that goes. We'll get Tom Stoss on that shortly. Just going through the rest of the results, Dagger and Redbridge against Yeovil was a nil-nil draw. So, yet again, Yeovil not getting the result they need. That's having a very slow start to the season. A very good game at uh, Eastley in Hampshire, 2-2 two -two there against Aldershot Town, who already put five past Dover in midweek. Uh, having now, last week, they've now had a, a difficult result there, being 2-1 up, up till the very end when... Winter, when Alex Winter scoring a late, late equaliser, so easily getting the points there, all the shot, not able to continue on their winning, winning trails. Solihull Moors suffered for, ten, for a long time with 10 men, one of down cards, two yellow cards, but you can always rely on Rooney to save you. Not Wayne and not John either. This one was Adam Rooney, the ex-Aberdeen man, putting Solihull Moors into the lead against Bournemouth and Securing the points for the Birmingham side. A big result for them as well, as they're looking to continue their run of form. Torquay United beat Dover. Dover, as we mentioned in the last podcast, were very unhappy to concede five at home to all the shots. Well, things didn't get very, very much easier for them either. Carl Cameron at the double, scoring two for Torquay United against Dover, and they're going to get another win at home. Weymouth finally win a game of football and scored goals as well. 2-1 victory against Kingsley. I was there when they lost 1-0 to Sutton United, having at that point not taken a, scored a goal. They've only had one shot on target at that point. Eventually, 
they went on to struggle in midweek as well, but for finally getting not only the first goal in the National League, but the first three points. Thanks to Cody Cook in the 38th minute, they were they were all right for a while before an equaliser from Adam Mario seven minutes after the second half. They went down to 10 men in Kingsley in town, however, after McCauley got sent off and it seemed to have turned the tide for whatever it after for afterwards. Tom Whedon securing a penalty and winning and scoring it as well to secure, get the points for Weymouth. And they're off the bottom of the table. A very dull nil-nil draw for work, a busy working and Halifax Town. I feel sorry for Becky Ives went to that game. She had to move from Barnet uh, after the game was cancelled. I'll hop around the M25 reporting if a BT Sports score on her. And poor old Becky didn't get a single goal or anything really big of, of notes between the two sides. And that was a game I was expecting to be very, very lively. Ultimately, didn't live up to expectations in the end. And finally, the game that, well, I had to sit there and watch for 90 minutes, and I have to say it was one of the most ex- amazing games I've seen of National League football in a long time. Chesterfield 1, Stockport County 2. Two two great goals in that game from both Mark Kitting and Jordan Cropper. Sunning strikes, kicked his drive from the edge, of the, just inside the area, whizzing past our old friend Carl and He must have felt a little harsh. I feel a little harsh for him there. He shouldn't have been able to stop it, but he is a keeper also. He can't stop everything. Uh, but it was a fantastic strike from Mark Hitching. Jordan Cropper scoring the equaliser after a real... <laughs> I feel like what was about the 100th scramble of the game between the two sides. Eventually, Cropper driving home and scoring on his debut for the home side. So, well done to him. And hopefully, it begins a very good run of form for him. Uh, the game went on and on. Chances are plenty. There's a lot of... Balls up to Tom Denton. It was the obvious target for Chesterfield. They were not capitalising on his height. And eventually, it paid the price for them. A substitute, Alex Reed scoring a close-range head after yet another scramble. After Stockport fired about, again, a million shots at the Chesterfield backline before a defected effort, from a defected cross came off of Reed's head and nodded into the back of the net to score the points for Stockport County. A very big result there. And... My goodness, Tom, it, it, it beggars belief some of the results this weekend. But as I mentioned, I wanted to talk to you about the postponed games, obviously, Altrincham and Bromley and Hartlepool. For Hartlepool, it's a big a big miss for them. Yes, they get time off, as do the rest of the clubs because the FA Cup's around the corner, so a lot of focus will be on that. But what what are your thoughts about the fixture pile-up now? Because clubs are starting to struggle to fulfil fixtures because of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, the results are the more positive results we get, the harder it's going to be for games to be played. Do you see uh, any way of us finishing the season without us having to pause it at any point? It's actually it's it's a real concern at the moment, isn't it? And I feel clubs are, are, are going to be twitching a bit now at the moment with with all these um, obviously all these teams having lots of positive COVID nineteen tests. Um, for now, I I think there still is a decent chance. That at the end of the season we will get this all completed, but I would, I would certainly be lying if it if I thought it wasn't going to be a, a worry for the club. So, and as you mentioned there, Hartlepool they were on you know the momentum they had. Obviously, as you said there, they can get the time off, maybe just a nice little rest. But I, I feel like footballers they just want to they want to get out there and you know continue the, the the great results that they were having and. Um, yeah, but just going back on that, I, th- I think clubs, it's it is going it is going to be a real worry. I mean, for example, um, Boston are another example of that in the the National League North as well. And I I, I am interested to see how it's how it's going to turn out at the end of the season. But I'm st- I'm still thinking that they will just be fine. Like, there will be uh, there will be a way to be found um, for for the game to be complete. But I. You know, it's, I, it is already looking like it, it's going to be a, a pretty... Obviously, the fixture already states it's going to be later season, end season, unusual, but the, it could go even further for some teams. And I, I think there could be a huge pile-up in the, in the middle, which uh, that's going to cause some stress for... You know, the, 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 you're going to see some injuries, I, I, I think, with, and, and some real fatigued players uh, at stage in the season where... I, where the teams are obviously going to test positive that you know they could could have a huge pile up at, at whenever those games are going to be rearranged. So it, it is it is certainly a worry at the moment, but I, I'm still hopefully thinking it's it is, it is going to be fine. Everyone will complete all their games. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I do fear for clubs with the small squads that they have as well. Those that yeah. barely any off defenders and strikers up front are praying that they're not doing anything ridiculous after they win a game or two. But of course, we'll have to hope for the best. Uh, again, I'm sure you were putting a right smile when I mentioned Chesterfield Stockport there. Stockport County, four wins on the bounce now in the National League since, their, since they've struggled since they struggled on the opening day. That's a great turnaround for Jim Gannon's side. And to go to Chesterfield as well, who in any case I'd say are serious rivals in terms of the race for, top of, uh, for the top of the table, a huge result. But more importantly, it's the fact that they are playing such very good football at times. But they do show they can struggle from, what, from time to time. Nevertheless, though, they know how to get a run going. They're doing it in some style as well. Yeah, certainly. And this is what happens when you have a, a club with a, with a vision that plans well, um, I thought they got in players very early, a good time for everyone to gel. They've got an experienced manager. And a lot of people probably would have been chuckling themselves when they um, they had, obviously, that lapse on the opening day. But they've just got down to business and they're, they're off now. And I feel like they were my strong prediction. Like I, This is one of the strongest predictions I've had for a team to win the league. And they're already top. And I, I really feel like if someone can beat them to win in the league, wow, because they're the talent Stockport have got. And you can't get them a time. Chesterfield certainly gave them a good game, but I, I just feel like the, the strength and depth in that in that Stockport squad and, and the manager they've got, I, I feel like that is a club right back on the up and back to where they'll feel they belong. And that must, I certainly think a lot of the listeners will feel like when they think of Stockport, they think that, that that's a club that should be in the Football League, and that's the direction they're certainly heading in. Excellent. And here's to uh, perfectly continuing that great run of form. So we'll quickly gander over the table before we continue with our pod. Stockport, as Tom mentioned, on top of the league. Unfortunately, no one in the league now has a 100% record since Sutton and Hartlepool didn't play this weekend. But Hartlepool will still remain unbeaten in the league in third place. Talking jumping up to second after their victory. The final playoff spots are filled by Woking, Solihull, Sutton and Notts County. Easy just outside it as well. At the bottom, though, Austrigham still yet to win a game in the National League, but we're hoping they'll get one sooner rather than later. At the very bottom, Dover Athletic have fallen in there after five games. One win and four defeats. Feels like that win against Notts County is a long time ago now. And Chesterfield have fallen into the relegation zone too with Kingsley just hovering outside it. Still very early days, but worrying sight if you're a fan of Chesterfield, Dover or Altrincham. So that's it for, for my part. It's now all Tom from here. He's responsible for the National League North and the National League South this week. So Tom, some more ridiculous results in the National League North as well. And I've been taking a right on look at them. If, if the one that stands out to me, and I'm sure you could agree with me on this one, Gloucester City have had one of the most ridiculous starts this season I've ever seen. And they continued that again this weekend. So take it away. My goodness. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was top of the bill for me. Um, two clubs that are, are so far apart. The, the division is absolutely insane. The preparation for the season, both are mad. I, I had Gloucester to be a dark horse and Blythe to, to get relegated. So uh, this one, I think this prediction could certainly be correct come the end of the season. So, um, I mean, Gloucester had a, a, did have a quick, bright start to the match, but in the third minute, Blythe did actually take the lead through uh, Paul Blackett. It was the Spartans forward, blocked a clearance from Reese Lovett and, and pounced onto loose ball to, to fire into an open net and give Blythe an early lead. Um, the opener was against the run of the early player and Daly claimed close to 11 in the 10th minute. Uh, the City skipper uh, delicately flicked a header from a Carlin throw-in, uh, but Blythe were on, uh, just about scrambled away. And Gloucester just carried on the pressure. They came agonisingly close again for the resultant corner, but Daly was once again denied by some valiant uh, Blythe de defending. Uh, the early Gloucester pressure just continued. Carlin was next to to come close. Uh, Gunning, who's for me a standout for Gloucester, delivered an excellent corner but Young was equal to the seat defender's towering header. But the equaliser did eventually come in the 16th minute when Aquasi Asante broke into the box and picked the perfect pass to McClure, calmly finished past Young. It was a goal that City completely deserved uh, after a dominant early showing and the dominance just completely carried on uh, from there. Bernard Mensah then put City into the lead. Four minutes later, after some clever play, interplay down 
the left-hand side team, Alex Whittle and Asante. Uh, the cross came from Whittle in the end. It was perfect. And Mensah cleverly turned and fired in his first goal of the season for Gloucester. The first half dominance did certainly not let up there. And City would score a third in the 22nd minute through a spectacular McClure scissor kick. What a sign he's been. Uh, it was yet again, yet again um, another gunning corner was uh, met by Ben Morgan at the back post. And McClure rose highest to emphatically volley home. And McClure then completed his hat-trick just a couple minutes late with a dominant header from a perfectly placed Asante cross. Uh, the City movement and quick passing was just simply too much for Blythe Tandel and City with three goals in the lead for even the half-hour mark. Um, fair play to Blythe. They did try and get themselves back in the game. They had a goal chance in the 36th minute after City lost possession deep in their own half, but Thompson could only fire wide of Lovett's goal. Uh, Dawson was awarded a yellow card for a missed time tackle in the build-up. But City remained three goals to the good. And Asante then fired uh, City's fifth goal in the last minute of the first half with a calm finish past the sparing Blythe keeper. Uh, Mentor, who had an excellent first half, in my opinion, cleverly laid Asante through on goal. And City's big number nine made no mistake as he scored his first uh, goal of the league season. At halftime, Gloucester were, were leading 5-1, looked to already have three points in the bag after a dominant performance, uh, Hachikiro, McClure and Gunning made way at the break for Tommy O'Sullivan and Kaleem Bailey. But it was Blythe made the bright start in the second half. Uh, substitute uh, Katsumaga came close to scoring a goal for Spartans, but it, uh, just his effort went wide, narrowly wide over the, the Gloucester bar in the end. Lovett then made an excellent save a couple minutes later from a curling Simon Heslop effort to keep City's four-goal lead intact. But then Gloucester just took control as the second half went on, Mensa coming closer to scoring a sixth goal. The City forward was found in the box by substitute Jack James, but his volleyed effort was deflected over and the lead remained for, as the game moved into the final 10 minutes, uh, Rosemain continued to control possession, leaving Blythe with very little opportunity to get another goal to their name. And they completed a perfect performance, 91st minute, got their sixth goal. James with a measured cross to O'Sullivan at the back post. He scrambled home for his first City goal, so... That was a roundup of a uh, Gloucester sixth Blythe one. What a memorable day, and they're flying high at the top of the league and look unstoppable in these very early stages. Absolutely, and props to Matt McClure as well. An excellent hat trick for him, fully deserved. And congratulations to Blythe Spartans because, much like Manchester United, you get a very early lead, but then if you let everything fall apart, they run right over you. And absolutely, Gloucester City proved that. But yet again, He's proving his worth to them, isn't he, Matt McClure? Scoring a hat-trick, he's becoming a key man for them in that team. And long may it continue in, in that case. Yeah, and I, I saw, I ran into them just before the season started. He, he seemed very, very confident they would do something this season, Gloucester. The spirit was very good. He's really pleased with the quality that's coming. I just love their attack. Asante, Mensah, and as McClure, we said there, they look one hell of a team and... To be honest, they're going to be unstoppable. And I'll move on to my next standout game. Um, clashing Spennymore and Chester actually met in the FA Cup a couple of days before this Ooh. game with uh, the visitors uh, dumping out Spennymore. Some revenge uh, then. Yeah, some revenge. Spennymore eventually won this game 2-1. Uh, that uh, They create the game's first opening when uh, Anderson exchanged passes with uh, Glenn Taylor in the area, but his uh, driven cross was cleared uh, under pressure. Um, and the visitors took the lead after 12 minutes and it arrived from their first corner of the afternoon. A setback pairing of Danny uh, Livesey and Simon Grand combined, uh, the latter heading across goal, allowing Livesey to slide in from close range. But full credit to Spennymore, they recovered from that setback and created chances midway through the first half. And McLean's shot being deflected wide for Spencer struck the post from distance. And the, the, the pressure finally told after 34 minutes when an equaliser arrived from a familiar source of goals already this season. Uh, James Curtis did well to win the free kick on the edge area. Taylor stepped up and drilled a low shot past a helpless Louis Gray, claiming his fifth goal in four games, certainly a four man. Uh, Spenny Moore were fortunate not to find themselves behind five minutes after though, after the restart. Um, when a loose pass allowed George Glennon to link up with John Johnson, but Dale Eve denied the winger with a big stop. Uh, Grandy was a constant threat from corners, headed wide from the resulting set-piece delivery. And the contest certainly increased in intensity and threatened to ball over at times, 
but Moore's eventually got a grip on proceedings following a slow start to the second half. Uh, Ramshaw uh, linked up with Thompson down left. He whipped in a perfect cross the unmarked Taylor. His first-time effort just went past the post in the end. he got to say Chester were the more accomplished side as the second half progressed, and they went close with Johnson's cross uh, being turned over by Jane Morgan uh, before Johnson should have scored himself but skewed a tame effort straight at even the end. Uh, the game was looking certain to end all square. Uh, Moores forced the corner following a rare adventure forward in what was a tough second half for them. Uh, so McLean's delivery rebounded in the area among a sea of bodies for the ball, ended up in the back of the net, sparking wild celebrations on a Spennymore bench. Uh, a tense ending did happen, though. Uh, Chester piled on the pressure, but Spennymore hung on for a huge three points ahead of a two-week break for them. So it'd be a nice rest. They're resting on lobby three points, uh, getting their revenge on Chester, and they're sitting on seven points in the league, looking really good. Out of Gloucester and spending more, as I said on last week's podcast, down to my dark horses, and they are certainly delivering. So huge credit to spending more. Um, but also uh, another team I didn't have anywhere near the um, promotion running. But to be fair to them, they start the season really well. It's Telford who beat... Gateshead 1-0. Actually, I had Gateshead to... I thought they were actually start the season well, but they haven't started too impressively, to be fair. Uh, the box only took five minutes to make the mark on proceedings and, and catch Gateshead cold as Williams headed past James Montgomery on his former stomping ground. Uh, I've got to say, though, from that point onwards, however, uh, those in, in the Gateshead, Claret and Blue, they, they looked most likely to find the next goal. Uh, O'Donnell took aim from 20 yards and forced Griffiths into a diving save uh, to keep him off the score sheet 30 minutes in. And that was not long before Keaton turned in the area and saw his efforts saved by the Telford keeper. Uh, Jason Oswell flicked ahead a wide for the host as they looked to make use of their wide men. But Gateshead did come closest through O'Donnell when he headed a Callum Griffiths cross over from 12 yards. Uh, Keaton and Griffiths were certainly a danger. Uh, they duped out in the penalty area 10 minutes before the break with the keeper able to hold the Irishman's shot on the turn as uh, Gateshead certainly pressed. Uh, Telford did have a, a couple of chances for half time. Uh, Williams headed wide for then heading to the back of net only to have his effort chalked off for offside. Uh, they both set sides sent chances wide of the goal from crosses in the opening stages of the second half. Oswell, uh, big danger, he side footed wide for Telford for Keaton, glanced his header just uh, by the far post for. Gateshead and Gateshead controlled possession but couldn't quite find a way through a stern Telford defence who headed, blocked and cleaned, uh, cleared seemingly uh, for every cross that Gateshead put into the box and it, it was a great fight from, from Telford in the end to hang on to those three points and get themselves a, that, that win which certainly keeps their great start up and could be they could be a real surprise package this season. Actually, they were, they were one I didn't have anywhere near the pack. I thought that they wouldn't go down, but I thought maybe they'd be squeezing themselves in the top half or just lower bottom half. So full credit to them, and uh, we'll see how they uh, their journey continues this season. They can carry this form on and maybe get themselves in the promotion mix up. Yeah, absolutely, and big props to Telford as well. Massive win over Gateshead. Mike Williamson will have to work hard to get that team back into. Full gear, fifth gear very soon. They can't keep struggling down there forever. Uh, touch on the rest of the scores for me, Tom. I'm sure there's a few interesting ones out there for you to get, gloss over as well. Yeah, certainly. Just, uh, come on. So, yeah, uh, Curzon, Ashton beat uh, Farsley Celtic 2-1. Uh, Knowles and Whittam early on uh, in the second half to get them in front. Uh, Jane Spencer did pull one back for Farsley Celtic, but it was enough for them in the end. Uh, a Lenel John Lewis penalty for Hereford gave them a 1-0 win at Guiseley. Uh, Southport, uh, solid performance against Chorley, sitting in the dangerous position down at the bottom, Chorley. Uh, it was Dylan uh, Basalo with the only goal of that game for Southport. And lastly, the most boring one uh, was York nil, Brackley nil. Uh, I, I suppose Brackley would be a lot more happier out of that result. Not the end end of the world for York. Um, they still have had a, a good start season, so I don't think Steve Watson should be panicking. They're still sitting in the, the top seven, to be fair to them. So they are the other results in the National League from the weekend. Uh, Kidderminster, Alfreton and Leamington, Darlington and lastly, Braff Park Avenue, Boston United were all postponed. Yeah. 
Hopefully they can get those fixtures sorted too. Yeah. Big shout out to Chorley as well, who have been given a buy into the first round of the FA Cup after the draw last week, as they were obviously taking the place which would have been allocated to Macclesfield. They would have drawn Macclesfield if they were still able to play. Sadly, obviously, after the National League expulsion last week, they are no longer very able to play, but they are coming back as, a, as Macclesfield FC. Robbie Savage as the head of football, Danny Whitaker as manager. So we wish them well, and hopefully they get back up to the level they uh, seek to be at sooner rather than later. So all the best to them and all the Macclesfield fans as well. But also big congratulations to Chorley. A massive moment for them to get into the first round of the FA Cup. And the Speaker of the House, Lindsay Hoyle, is a massive Chorley fan. So... I'm sure he'll be very happy to see his local side getting into the first round of the FA Cup. And as always, uh, hopefully we'll have more interesting news on the National League North very soon. But it looks like it has been a fantastic weekend there. So, Tom, time for your second job of the evening. The one that normally we give to Oliver Smart, but he seems to have disappeared. Now, I've already I've, I've seen the most ridiculous scoreline. And yeah. I'm thinking, how has this happened? It can't possibly be that there has been an eight-goal thriller at Slough and no one's told us about it. We've only we found out after Saturday afternoon that there was an eight-goal thriller at Slough with absolutely outrageous drama. Tom, I can't say anything more. I'll let you tell me the story. Yeah, well, I'm going to do Ollie's format, uh, game of the day, and uh, then a quick roundup of the other results. And, yeah, this is by far the game of the day. So, yeah, well, they actually started the game well and too fair. They t- t- uh, only took three minutes for them to open a scoring. It was uh, Shory Johnson, the fullback. He broke down the right for Sweeney's cross into the centre of the box. Slough failed to clear their lines before Stefana Illich found the bottom corner uh, with what it certainly was a, a fine strike. Uh, the Rebels did respond by dominating possession after restart and almost bagged an equaliser 17 minutes into proceedings. Uh, Hodges stuck, uh, struck a fierce strike from 25 yards, which had Cook scrambling for the midfields. A midfielder's effort just flew past the far post in the end. Uh, Slough did level the scores midway into the half. Uh, it was Hodges near post corner, picked out a driving run from Ryan Bird, who made no mistake flicking his head up past goalkeeper Reese Charles Cook uh, but the visitors fought back and regained the lead just moments later when uh, Akinyemi latched onto a loose ball in the penalty area for firing past Jack Turner in the Slough goal and the forward helped decide take control of the match in the 39th minute by finding Welling's third of the game at the wayside took an early corner which found uh, Illich um, and the midfielder struck from outside the box, which Akinyemi poked home at the back stick to give Welling a two-goal cushion heading into the break, but the drama certainly didn't stop. Uh, the wing started the second half in similar fashion to the first by finding net early on. Anthony Cook's fantastically curled free-kick left turner with no chance of stopping United from going 4-1 ahead. Substitute Lynch uh, reduced the deficit with 20 minutes to play after substitute uh, Warsfold's point, pinpoint delivery. So uh, the sub certainly making a big impact. Uh, he found the midfielder unmarked in the box. Taka took a chance with a, a powerful volley into the bottom uh, corner, which gave the host some hope. And uh, John Underwood and Neil Baker's men received the boost after Daniel Boateng picked up two yellow cards in quick succession to bring United down to 10 men, approaching the far moments of the game. And he was certainly made to pay for that. The Rebels applied high-intensity pressure for remaining minutes of regular time, which left Welling, Welling's back force completely shaken in the end. The host's hard work looked set to bear fruits after Harris pulled a goal back from close range in the 91st minute to make it 4-3. But could they hang on? They couldn't. It came down to some dramatic final seconds of additional time for Slough to find the equaliser. Harris produced a bursting run down the middle for being brought down by Charles Cook just outside the penalty area. But the referee allowed play to continue and the stray ball landed at the feet of Warsfold to find an open net, sending the home bench into frenzy of celebration. What a game. That is probably one of the, the games of the season uh, in these early stages of the, the, all the National League divisions. Absolutely. That, it couldn't be more well put, Tom. I, I've never seen a more remarkable result in the National League. I've seen ridiculous scorelines, yes, but for the way that Slough applies so much drive, hunger, not literally, but <laughs> such drive and want to get back into the game and making the most of the fact that Welling went down to 10 men, a fantastic result for the Rebels and well done to them to get back into, 
get the draw from that. And it looks almost impossible for right at the end, but Max Walsall must be the hero of Slough on that evening. Uh, some other standout results, I can see a few good wins for Dorking, Maidstone and Oxford City as well. So, Tom, round it off for us. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Braintree, not having a good time at the moment, uh, against high-flying uh, Dorking. Um, Fogden put Dorking in front on uh, the stroke of half-time. And James McShane got a, a double um, in the second half within uh, half an hour of each other. And Jimmy knew it, so it rounded off a... A fantastic victory for Dawkin, as you said there as well. Well, about the haven't win. Um, had to come from beyond at Billericay. Hutchinson put Billericay in front four minutes for half time. But late goal, a last minute winner for Lucas Sinclair after Magri equalised haven't, uh, gave haven't a, a dramatic uh, last minute win to put them onto four points. Obviously, they've only played two games uh, so far. Uh, Dartford out to carry on their solid start season. Uh, just a, a new Husin um, goal on that one to give them a 1-0 victory over Bath. Uh, Chippenham Town uh, sitting in that last playoff spot as we stand. Uh, Chris Zabrowski and Bradley Ash with the goals. Give them a very, very comfortable win uh, at Dulwich Hamlet. Uh, Eastbourne Chelmsford finished uh, 1-1 in the end. Uh, both goals come in the first half. Uh, Chris uh, Weltdale for Eastbourne and Adam Morgan for Chelmsford. Uh, Hungerford. Uh, having a really good start, and actually, Ollie, I just love this because Ollie's going to really eat his words. And oh, about this no, one. That, that's doing 10 men in the end. Uh, Ryan Seeger gotten a first half goal, Baltuse got uh, sent off, um, midway just after midway through the second half. But uh, another standout result the weekend uh, came at Maidstone, uh, who again had an unbeaten start season, they just dispatched Hemel Hempstead with ease. Uh, Sam Corn, uh, 28 minutes, it was 3-0 to Maidstone. Uh, Sam Corn, uh, Raf Brown and Juan Luque with all the goals uh, with, within five minutes of each other. Uh, uh, Balarab, uh, Sadiq Balarabe did give Melbourne said a, a bit of hope, but uh, it was quickly uh, squashed by um, uh, Noah Chessmain's goal to seal off a, a brilliant victory for Maidstone United. And another game... Uh, with a home side score, four goals in it. We've had Slough uh, and Welling and made some hammer hands. Oxford City uh, beat Tunbridge Angels 4 0. And again, uh, a little bit of a similar theme to the, the previous match uh, match roundup. Um, within 28 minutes, though, inside with 3 0 up. Uh, Harvey Bradbury inside 10 minutes put Oxford 1 0 up. And James Roberts, uh, within 10 minutes of each other, uh, he got a double to his name. With five minutes ago, Elliot Benyon made it 4 0 to Oxford and it, it was just a thrilling weekend. Uh, so Albans Eversleet was a, a a brilliant game and it was uh, four goals in that first half. Uh, Eversleet went 2-0 up, a penalty from Rakesh Bingham. Uh, not so long after Reese Grant put Eversleet 2-0 up. But Mitchell Weiss and Sean Jeffers, goals in two minutes of each other, uh, completely turned the, uh, turned the screw and put Sir Albans level and Sean Jeffers got the winning goal in the 58th minute to give St Albans a victory to put them in the playoff spots, and they continue their unbeaten start season. There's uh, four teams on seven points, uh, Oxford, Maystone, St Albans and Dartford, uh, as it stands. So, again, I when you look at the National League South before the season kicked off, I, I certainly thought those teams would all be up there. So, that isn't too much of a surprise. Same with Dorkin. Hongford are really the big surprise, uh, to be honest, because, again, haven't sitting in the top nine at the moment. I, I think uh, as the season goes on, they'll get themselves into the playoff places. But Dorkin, the pace setters at the moment, not, not a surprise at all. I certainly had them down. Uh, I had them down in first place. Uh, although they've certainly got some competition still. I, I'd say Stockport were a real firm first place picture for me. I certainly think Dorkin can be caught, um, but they're looking really good. In these uh, early stage, only conceded uh, one goal. Although actually, Hungford and Dartford are yet to concede a goal in the, the National League South at the moment. So staunch defences by Dartford and Hungerford Town. The props to them for still going strong three games in and not conceding a goal. And yes, again, Oliver Smart will be probably reeling in frustration. Nice prediction when also Harvey <laughs> runs so early in the season. Well, hopefully he gets better. He'll get better, hopefully, for Hungerford. And the more we can will more he, they do, more well they do, the more we can will in Oliver's frustration. But um, <laughs> let's move on now. Uh, we've we've got the FA Cup this weekend. Some massive ties. 
And I'm quite sure we as Unarmed League fans are great to have, greatly excited to finally be at the biggest point in the season for many of these clubs. Ilkeston, uh, Craig Valley PM, just to name a couple who have made it this far. But for the first time for some as well, Skelmersdale United, the lowest-ranked team left in the competition at this stage of the FA Cup. How exciting is it that we have finally reached the fourth qualifying round where things get really serious and we might just see, hopefully, a few surprises, Tom? Yeah, well, actually, there's um, there's a, a little team called Mask United in this uh, in the FA Cup fourth qualifying yeah, round shake-up. Um, yeah, uh, a place quite close to close to home for me. Um, my my family grew up there. Uh, yeah, my gra- my 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 grandma still still lives in the the little village of Mask. It's it's a second home to me that place. So um, that it would it would be absolutely unbelievable to see him in the first round of the FA Cup. I, I actually went to I've been to Mount Pleasant, their little ground, uh, a couple of times, and they've never reached the FA Cup first round ever in their lives, and. It would just be sensational for them to go and win at Brackley. That, that for me, that's my. If I had to pick one tie, that is definitely my standout. Um, I, I'd say, I'd, actually, probably one of my standouts anyway. But the fact has a, a little bit of personal meaning to me as well. It'd be amazing to see Mass go through tough task at Brackley, though. That is a. Yeah. I, I did see a few Mass fans saying, "Oh, that wasn't the tie we wanted." Darlington would have been an interesting one. Um, Obviously, a place that's certainly not far from uh, Mask at all. That would have been an interesting local tie. Hartlepool, not too far as well. I think a few of the Mask fans open for, although they obviously can't, obviously, um, it's all this talk, would they be allowed in the grounds or not? But um, that would have been interesting, definitely, if they, they got uh, Hartlepool down to know. But they got Brackley away, so that's certainly a stand-up tie to me. Um, uh, another one actually stood out to me, just looking at, uh, again, Marine. Um, who are one division above Mass, they go to Chester, another tough task, but it'd be amazing to see the likes of Mask and Marine maybe get through that. Uh, they are, these are Brackley and Chester who were in the, the playoffs last year in the National League North, so Mask and Marine have certainly been given tough tasks, but they're certainly, too, if, if those shocks happen, I, I oh, wow, that would be, that'd be unbelievable uh, that for, the, for the FA Cup to, to have those sorts of, shocks happen um but it's it's going to be really tough games them that's for sure so they're, they're certainly going to, be, going to be after they're going to have to be at 110 percent to to get through those games they have to be right on it certainly and you know we wish are we here we wish them well it's the furthest they've ever got in an fa competition and uh, they have obviously got the vars as well and some have the trophy but for Mask and Marine, this is the furthest they've ever gotten. So hopefully they will succeed in their matches. But we wish them well in very two very difficult times. A couple of other matches that stand out to me. Ilkeston are at home to Hartlepool in the northern section. Uh, Solihull Moors against Wrexham. Solihull got the better Wrexham in the league this season. So Wrexham will need to hopefully get a result to be able to exact revenge on them in the FA Cup. Stafford Rangers hosting Skelmersdale United. Uh, we mentioned Brackley Town against Mars, Kingston against Notts County. I mean, we normally think that Kingston is quite south, but it's a bit more north than you think, everybody. But they'll meet Notts County, a bit of a difficult trip for Notts County across the country. So, if they can, can they recover from that win against, defeat against Maidenhead? We'll have to wait and see. Farley against Altrincham. These two, you just can't separate them. They seem to play each other all the time nowadays. Yeah. But they meet again in the FA Cup. Uh, and in the south, there's, a, there's some really tasty ties in the south as well. Leaston, one of the lowest ranked sides in the southern section, they are home to Barnet. Huge game for them as well. So, so hopefully they'll do well. And who knows, they might do a surprise as well. But yeah, lowest ranked side in, in the south division, southern section. More than Tipsy have reached this far again in the FA Cup. Last year, they got to the second round before being beaten by Newport County. This year, it's a fourth-round tie in qualifying round against Harrogate Borough. It's a nice club as well, Harrogate. I've been there in pre-season. They're a really good place to go. And some lovely fans there too. They'll bring, they will bring some very strong support to the Jammers ground. So, fingers crossed we got a good tie there. Uh, Toybridge or Toybridge Angels against Taunton Town is another interesting game. A big South London derby between Sutton United and Bromley. Normally, these are just league games. And they're meeting twice in the back end of the year to the start of 2021. How about at the FA Cup for, for a tonic as well? Three matches in the space of three months there. So some real grit and fight there. Matt Gray and 
uh, Neil Smith will be very excited to have a go, have a go at that one. Cray Valley uh, Paper Mills will take on Maidenhead United. Obviously, Maidenhead on the back of two wins in the National League. They'll be playing against Cray Valley, who hopefully will get a good result there. Uh, Eastbourne against Dulwich Hamlet. Eastbourne having a great FA Cup run there, beating Dorking last time out. Dulwich Hamlet at this stage again got to the first round last season. Hopefully, this time around, they'll get better than the first one to get past Eastbourne and whoever they play next out. Uh, order shot against Woking is a local affair as well. Not far between the two. In fact, on the train, it's about 10 minutes. But in distance, there's two clubs that have a very good competition. Bands for a bit of gar there as well. And a couple more notable matches. Uh, Concord Rangers against Chippenham Town. Concord Rangers in the final of the FA Trophy. Lord knows when that's going to take place. But hopefully we'll get to know sooner rather than later. They, do, they really need that day out at Wembley. And hopefully with people there to watch them do it. Uh, but then we have Superdome Town, who did just beat Dulwich Hamlet in the league. Uh, Weymouth at home to Oxford City. And Schoening as well, another one of the lower-ranked sides in the competition, hosting Torquay United. Some of the matches that we'll be looking out for are one of the mouthful, really. Hemel Hempstead Town against Hampstead Richmond Borough. Quite a mouthful for any commentator out there. So definitely some interesting ties. One more step to the big first-round draw, which is on the 26th. And this weekend should really be an interesting one for all National League and non-league clubs as well. So on me and Tom, we wish them all the best of luck. And hopefully we'll see a lot of their names and your club's name in the draw on Monday. So to round off our pub patter, it's pretty much about the season so far with no notable performances from the likes of Matt McClure and Slough Town this weekend. But we want to know we want to now know, or the viewers I'm sure will be keen to know. Who do you think will be player of the season, top scorer, and pretty much clean up the awards in the National League? Uh, I'm I'm going to go for John Rooney to be the player of the season. I'm going to go... I, I That man is a sensational player for this league. What a pick-up for, for Stockport. I mean, when I got to see him... I only got to see him play live once last year at Gander Green Lane. Uh, for Barrow, and he was sensational that game. Um, you know, the, the football and blood runs in that family, doesn't it? And he is certainly displaying it, absolute top non-league player. Um, and just the, the range of his passing, the, the, the goal scoring ability, he's got it all. He's got it all, and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's, he's already top scorer. And although, given a spoiler, I don't think he's gonna end up top scorer, but he's gonna be up there. He, he, he is just. A, a sensational technician, and yeah, he can finish as well. I, I honestly, I'd say I, I think last season I called him, uh, yeah, the the Barrow De Bruyne. <laughs> I think I'd christened him as that. Although obviously a lot of people yeah. just comparing to Wayne Rooney, I've got, I've gone a bit different. Uh, this play is just an absolute joy to watch. Um, I'm my top scorer is going to be the man who got the winner uh, for Notts County at Sutton the other night. I'm going for Carl Woodson. Of not uh, yeah for for Notts County uh, a, a striker I actually really like watching um, and I, I just think that although when he maybe not be in, when he's not in the game he's still he's still that threat for them and I always feel like he's going to score a goal for Notts County and I think Notts County are going to do well this season obviously you mentioned that, that hiccup against Maynard but I think they'll recover um, and as season goes on, I think they're going to grow into a really strong side. You sort of something they can grind out wins. I think they'll do. They'll do a lot of that, and I think Carl Woodson uh, will be right at the centre of that, banging them in, and he will end up top scorer. So uh, yeah, John Rooney, player of the season, Carl Woodson, top goal scorer. There are my award predictions. Ooh, so many different names to choose from. Um, so far, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you, Tom. John Rooney's had a fantastic start to the year. Carl Woodson's had a great start to the season as well. 44 for him. Rooney's got five goals in two games. They've both had great starts to the season. Uh, off the top of my head, there's there are many, still many good players in the league. I'm, I'm looking out for, at the moment, Mohamed Betamer scored two last week for Aldershot. He's three goals for himself all this season. So he started the season really well. Uh, I'm trying to offer to, who else is there? A lot of, because I want to give a genuine opinion. I don't want to just think of one big name, two big names. There have to be some dark horses somewhere. There, let's have a look. See, I'm going to have to refer to club by club. Uh, for Halifax, in fact, I think Halifax have a decent shout. In let me guess his name. Uh, there we go, Jack Erie. He's had a good start to the season. He's scored a fair few goals already. 
watch out for him, I'd say. But I've switched out on my... No, surprise, surprise. The, the figures of doing a podcast, everybody. Uh, Woking, for me, Matt Jarvis. Obviously, Matt Jarvis. Who else do you expect to be? Ferdinand's a watch out as well. Okay, Ferdinand's a good striker in the league. He's got some potential to score some goals this season if he keeps fit. Obviously, last season was injured for a long time. Woking, I think, I remember, had a long period where they didn't have a lot of players fit. Uh, for Maidenhead, it's got to be Sam Barrett. He scored two goals. He didn't have the best start to the season, but that team have improved and he's now firing on, firing goals in. Give him hopefully more time. Maybe he might be your man. Uh, for Eastley, um, Winters had a great start too. So there's a lot of good shouts. Uh, some teams have plenty of talent and they are more than just individuals. But I mean, for me, I'm going to probably agree with player of the season being John Rooney, but my top scorer... Ooh, that's a tough one. Now, Rooney's got some goals in here so far, but Carl Woodson's got four and four already, and who knows where he might go. Uh, Wilson have a decent attack. Wrexham have a good attack as well. Sutton have a good have a. For me, Sutton are one of the best attacks in the in the league, and that's not even a debate in some cases. Some defenses may be worried about that Sutton team, but uh, McGill could be a top scorer threat. So, for, no. uh, bold shout. But I'm going to go with Omar Bagil to be top scorer this shout. season. Yeah, it's a good shout. He's got, he got about nine or ten last season in the league. So if he can keep uh, keep that up after he opened, opened the scoring for something in the league this season, he can certainly do better uh, during the tough, tougher period of the year when things get a lot more hectic and more yeah. fixtures come and, come and go. So Bagil, top scorer for me, and Rooney as player of the season. He can't just see the Mercurial at the moment. So those are our players and uh, top scorer predictions. Hopefully they don't come back to bite us later on in the year, in Christmas especially, when there's a lot of goals expected to go in. But um, I guess uh, we've covered everything. That's it from us. Me and Tom have been your humble co-hosts this evening. We've, we've tried to... We've done everything from covering Slough's absolute ridiculous 4-4 to Menhead shock winner at Notts County. Weymouth, Weymouth's first win in the National League. Wilster's win against Wrexham. Gosta's six and McClaw's hat-trick. Quality, isn't it? All of that has been a great pleasure to bring you. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us. You know what to do if you want to find us. Our socials will be at the, in, the, in, the, in the page uh, at NT92Pod if you're looking for us on Twitter or the same on the Instagram. And if you want to send us emails, we'll also have anything regarding the show or you may want to give us your thoughts on who you think may be player of the season or top scorer, send us an email or a tweet to our socials and our email will be in the description as well. Um, I guess that's it. Uh, and in the famous words of Greg Clark and Notorious Big, if you didn't know, now you know. Until then, <laughs> thank you for listening. Take care, everybody. Stay safe out there and we'll see you very soon. Until then, bye-bye.